0: How many of you are thankful to be in the house of the Lord today? I have a word for you. My title today is Step Over Failure. Step over failure. And Luke, the 21st chapter in the 29th verse the disciples were inquiring of the Lord when would he come back for his church when is going, when is it going to be the second coming of the Lord Jesus begins to answer them with a parable he says behold the fig tree and all the trees notice here the fig tree was Israel and it also is defined as the church which is us the fig tree the church and all other trees meaning he's including everybody else But he makes it very specific that there's a difference between the fig tree and all other trees. He shows us in the 30th verse that when they now shoot forth, notice this is the words of Jesus speaking. If you have a red letter edition Bible, um, you will note that Jesus is the one that is speaking. And he says when they now shoot forth you see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. He's showing us that the fig tree and all other trees shall shoot forth, bud, and bring forth. But note, he's saying that in the end time, when you see evil shooting forth, you will also see the church budding and bringing forth one of the greatest moves of God that we have ever witnessed. Because evil will be met with the power that God has placed in the body of Christ. I believe this reference right here will be the greatest reviving that the church has ever witnessed. Now you ask your pastor, why do I believe that God is going to do this for POP? Some of you have become satisfied with where we are but I'm not because I know that God makes a promise to us that as evil and the level of evil, evil comes about. So does the church step up and recognizes that if God is in us, then why are we stepping back? The true church won't step back. It'll step forward. And be counted as a child of God. Then he goes on to say, in the 32nd verse, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. 33rd verse. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. I'm going to pause a moment and tell you that it doesn't matter what anybody else and everybody else is teaching and preaching. The word shall prevail. It's not by personal preference. It's not your own ideology. It's not what you think. It's not what I think. Let me give you an example as to why it's not about what we think. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So by definition, if you try to separate the truth, then you're trying to make God into something God is not. And the Bible says, God does not change. Do I get a witness here? God does not change. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall not pass away. Why? Because the whole universe was created on his word. Let there be light. That's word. Let there be seas, let there be oceans, let there be land, let the, let the grass clothe the land. And he says let there be uh, animals and let there be fish and let there be streams and all of that according to his word. As sure as that word is, that word is being in, uh, preached today here in this place. As sure as the word was that created the heaven, the earth, sure as that word was then, it is now. Hallelujah. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Then he goes on, and this is where we're going to break this down today, into my title, Luke 21, 34 says, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares, then he goes on to say, For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. This is going to come to the the tree. It's going to come to let me find it here where I'm at. The fig tree as well as all other trees and he goes on to say watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape everybody say escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the son of man notice he's saying be careful that you don't get caught by this snare he talks about heart being overcharged be careful you need to step over that that word overcharged means ripped off or being taken advantage of spiritually don't get caught by that failure don't let your heart fall in love with things that are not of God he said because in the last days people are going to fall in love with politics they're going to fall in love with religion not relationship. They're going to fall in love with the ideas and, and the theologies that everybody is presenting to them. And he says, be careful because your heart will deceive you. You'll fall in th- love with the wrong things. I, I'm going to talk to somebody today and tell you, if you're going to fall in love with anything, more importantly than any relationship you can ever be in, fall in love with God. Amen. Because he is your creator. He is the one that breathed into you the breath of life. He is the truth. He is the word that was spoken in the beginning. And the word is now present here today. If you fall in love with anything, fall in love with God. That means you gotta fall in love with truth. That means you gotta fall in love with word. Amen. If you don't understand it, try to understand it. Get the revelation. If you can't get it from a preacher, get on your knees and ask God to give you a revelation of the word. Because God will always reveal himself to you. If you have a desire, he has a design to reveal his word to you. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Don't get caught by this failure where your heart is overcharged. Don't let your heart to be drawn to anything that will take you away from Christ. Surfeiting, that word also means cause someone to desire no more of something as a result of having consumed or done it in excess. That's why the Bible says, Adjust balance. For an unjust balance is what an abomination unto the Lord. Why does he say that? He says because you're excessive. Even doing the right things, if you're excessive, become wrong. i got to preach on this a while because some people don't get this. Just because you pray five hours a day doesn't mean you're saved. Just because you go to church doesn't qualify you for salvation. Amen. If you pray but you don't talk to someone about God, something's wrong with your prayer life. You have an unjust balance. Ah, some things we need to step over. I'm not talking to anybody but the church right now. We get so caught up in the things we do and the antics and our culture until sometimes we miss the move of God because we believe God showed up in our dance and we believe God showed up in our shout and we believe God showed up in our songs and we believe God showed up in our clap and all the while we're doing all this stuff. God said, I'm just waiting to see if you're willing to balance all this according to my word and according to the truth. Amen. There's some things we even as the church need to step over and recognize that God is wanting to come to us but he is saying an unjust balance is an abomination to me. Amen. If you sing your songs and you dance your dance, you better make sure when you walk out that door, you're still living for God. You're not just doing it on a Sunday morning, but you're doing it on a Monday morning, a Monday night, a Tuesday morning, a Tuesday night, that you're living for God 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And you said, I'm going to do this thing in my balance toward God do I get an amen Amen. hallelujah he said there's some things we need to step over we can have church like we've always had church but I'm going to tell you some of us has fallen in love with church you fall in love with the people of the church you fall in love with your pastor you fall in love with the culture of the Pentecostals of Phoenix you fall in love with the name of the church But some have yet fallen in love with God. I'm trying to talk to somebody today. I hope you're getting what your pastor's preaching because somewhere we got to get to the place where we recognize that it's the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God, amen, that needs to be in us. For when He begins to shine and the tree begins to bud forth and it begins to produce, make sure That it's not producing the things of this world. For if it does, it shall be hewn down and cast into the fire. Don't be caught in the failure of excess. Step over it and find balance. Talks about drunkenness. Step over it. Step over it. Cares of life, step over it. All of these things in that passage are snares. Don't let these come upon you unawares, he says. Step over them. Step over the failures. I absolutely, 100%, unequivocally believe that some of you that are here today can get past some of the things that you have faced and been facing for many years. I believe that God will give you the power and the anointing and the spirit to step over insecurities. I believe God will give you the power and the anointing to step over the abuse. Maybe that you have had or have given to others. I believe God has given you the power to step over a troubled mind until you come into sound doctrine. And sound doctrine then measures a sound mind. I believe some of you can step over some false doctrine. Come on, somebody help me now. Some false doctrine where now you realize that there's some things I need to seek out for my own self and realize that I must study to show thyself approved under God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. I need to study this thing for myself. Just because my mama believed it doesn't mean I'm gonna believe it. Just because my grandma believed it doesn't mean I'm gonna believe it. Just because my daddy preached this gospel doesn't mean I'm going to believe it. I'm going to study this thing for myself until I know I've got the word and I'm going to step past some things and find out for myself. If this thing is really real God then I'm going to seek your faith and I'll find out for myself. Thank you. Thank you. Stepping over lifestyles that we believe are a grievance to God. Even when they're not politically correct, we must preach these things to our world. They need to be saved. Step over tempers and anger. Step over bitterness. Step over immorality. Step over, step over, step over. I don't know what it is in your life that is keeping you from God, but I like what Brother Corey said. We've drawn a circle around our own minds until we can't get out of the cage we put ourselves in we're imprisoned in our mind and God's saying you're just one more step away all you gotta do is step over that line and I'll be a God to you and you'll be a people to me and I'll bless you and I'll anoint you and you'll no longer be the tail but you'll be the head I'm gonna anoint you with my spirit and you shall, you shall you shall Have the power of my spirit in your life. Somebody shout hallelujah. Don't quit. I said don't quit. Amen. You are here by divine appointment. Do not quit. When the world is quitting, don't you quit. Because when the world is quitting, the church is just beginning. Where you leave the world behind and step over. That's when the church is just beginning. When the world crucified our Christ, the cross was just beginning. When the world is trying to extinguish your light, the fire is just beginning. Why? Because we're stepping over some things. but I've been hurt. You don't understand what I have had to go through. But pastor, you don't know the abuse I've had from the people in my life. I want to preach to someone today about this too. Pulpit abuse. Where you feel like The pastor's get up behind this pulpit and the selector and he's tried to manipulate you and control you. I'm going to tell you, there's nobody going to control you. That pulpit bullying is not of God. Let it be known and let it be on live stream and all across the world that I'm absolutely against someone that is behind the pulpit thinking they have the privilege to, to control people because that's not the word of God. It's a whosoever Oh, I wish I had a witness here. It's a whosoever will. Hey Amen. you got to drop on your knees for yourself. you got to get rid of some past on your own. you got to step over your anger because you choose to. It's not because anybody's manipulating you or controlling you or making you feel this condemnation that a lot of preachers like to use. I'm just wanting to draw at your spirit today and tell you, if you want to love God, love God. If you want to live for God, live for God. If you really want to have a chance to do something different for your future, then you make the Choice, but nobody could choose for you. It's got to be something that you do on your own because you fall in love with the revelation of the truth that has been revealed to you. Y'all okay? Amen. If you're okay, say amen. amen. Persistent people. I like to be around someone that's persistent. Persistent people. Edward Ingleston said this. Persistent people begin their success when others end in failure. Persistent people begin while others give up. At the point where others quit, persistent people say, I'm not going to quit. Where people say, I give up, persistent people say, I'm not giving up. I've had a bad day, but I'm still not going to give up. I've had a bad marriage, but I'm still not going to give up. I lost my job, but I'm still not going to give up. Amen. my car broke down, I don't know how I'm going to get around, but I'm still not going to give up. My children have walked away, but I'm still not going to give up. Persistent people go further. Last longer. Stay committed. Persistent people see the light at the end of the tunnel. The difference between people of success and all others is they are willing to do what all others are not willing to do. The fig tree is different than all other trees. I said the fig tree is different than all other trees. The fig tree takes all of what is being considered evil and sees it as opportunity. For every trial that comes my way it's another opportunity. For the opposition of the enemy upon my soul. I'm going to prove you wrong, devil, today. You thought you had my worship, but you don't have my worship. You thought you had my praise, but you don't have my praise. You thought you had me when I was contemplating not going to church, but guess where I'm at now? You thought you could destroy me, but ah, I was on my way to work and I was on a... Christian station, listen to the music, and all of a sudden I found those tears again. Thought you had me, didn't you? But I stepped over something. Uh, That's the difference between the fig tree and all other trees. Because the fig tree says we're going to succeed while everything is Failing. My daughter Raina came into my office, and I was telling her a little bit about my message. This is why I love being around my children, because all of them always offer a little bit and piece of revelation. And by the way, I want to say for the Hawks, that man-up session was off the chain. i ain't going to lie. That was good stuff. It stirred some things up. And then I don't see him here today. Is Junior here? I don't see Junior. But Junior, the young man's been coming to our church, and he was talking about suicide. And he said, well, he's in California. He said, I got to get back to my church. I got to get back to my church. He said, when he walked in here, the pastor embraced him, and others had embraced him. And he said, this is where I need to be, right here.
1: That was incredible stuff.
0: And I, I, I'm, I'm happy to say, and, then, and this is going somewhere, my, my two boys made statements that I was so proud of them. And so I, I, I'm, I'm privileged as a father to be able to pastor kids that, that truly love God and are in this for the right reason. But we've had to, as a family, step over a lot of stuff. So I'm telling Reina about this. And she gives me a quote from Jack Hiles. And it simply reads this Success is on the same road as failure. Success is on the same road as failure. Success is just a little further down the road. How did it get further down the road? Where failure stops, pulls into rest areas, breaks down, quits and gives up and says, well, this is, I guess, the way it is. This is my lot in life. No, why don't you just head up the street on your feet until you get to an auto zone and you can fix what's broke down. You don't just leave yourself at the rest area. You need to get back in your vehicle, fix it, and move on. That's the difference between success and failure. The ones that fail say, well, I guess that this car is no good and there's no reason for any continue to go. Man, I got to hurry through this. It's on the same road. In a discussion of success, business people... It is rare to find someone who made it big the first time around. It is much more common for success to play hard to get and to come only after one makes several attempts. In fact, many achievers experience several failures and some small successes before attaining lasting success. You're going to break down every once in a while. In fact, William Voigt, how many of you remember the basketballs and uh, some of the rubber balls that were made by Voigt? Well, William Voigt is an example of this pattern. Voigt worked as a salesman for several rubber companies during the 1910s and early 20s. But in 1924, he decided to start his own operation and begin producing camelback. It was a material that was a material that was used in the tire recapping process. Voigt expanded his business by introducing an inflatable, multicolored rubber ball, which immediately became popular on the California beaches. In what could be called a preview of today's state of affairs, his ball was knocked out of the market by cheaper products manufactured in Japan. The stock market crashed, though, in 1929. And that also spelt trouble for Voigt's business. Right here, it would appear to be a failure for Voigt. Right here, he should, by many people's perception, quit and give up and walk away. But instead, he decided to step over failure. Because in 1932, three years later, Voigt developed a plan for a comeback. He introduced a series of rubber athletic balls that were superior to the leather balls that were dominating the market. His product line soon included baseballs, basketballs, footballs, and soccer balls as well as volleyballs. By the time of William Voigt's death in 1946, Voigt athletic balls were standard equipment in many American high schools, colleges, as well as universities. Voight drew on his experience. Voight drew on his experiences. Voight drew on his experiences and his failures. And to help him avoid past mistakes, he created a lasting success. It was a product that simply bounced back. Like the product he created, he also learned how to bounce back. let me put it like this like a good running back on a football team when one lane is blocked he looks for another opening and plows through just because he runs into somebody doesn't mean he just falls down he may have to bounce back and find a lane there's an opening and he sees that opening he takes that football and he begins to run because he realizes even though he's been knocked back he still has an opportunity to go forward as long as he's still on his feet. And that's when David said, "Nah, did my foot just about slip, but I caught it because I see a lane. I see something in this service today that is an opening. There's something God is doing in my life and he's given me the opportunity to go through this thing. And even though I'm getting knocked around pretty good, I'm, I'm still seeing that there is a way where there was no way. Amen. And that God has given me an opportunity to see a victory here today. I just wonder if there's anybody that would run for a touchdown and say that God's getting ready to give me my victory. I know he is, but I got to run. I got to do the best I i, I got to step over some things and I've got to run down this lane. And if that gets crowded, I'll go another way. But there's not going to be anything in my life that's going to keep me from going through the finish line. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's what the church does. In this end time, it's looking for ways to get through. Church is good at finding the good in all the mess that's in front of us. We're seeing openings that we've never seen before. From a political standpoint, the church, as it gets darker and as men are falling, and just like a football game, God is saying, look, I'm just showing you that they're falling for a reason so that I can open a lane for you to get to where I need you to go. In fact, in Luke 21 26, Jesus said, Men's hearts fell in them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. And they're failing from fear because of what is coming. The powers of heaven, though, the powers of heaven, the powers of heaven shall not be shaken. Why? We got the word in our hands. Boom. Boom. But I'm going to see it. I see an opening here. I take advantage of that opportunity. And I run. I run the race. Because this is the church's element This is what I was born for. This is what I was created for. To find that lane and that avenue and that place while everything else is falling apart. While people are looking for answers, I got the answer. And it's in the Word of God. While they're at the end of their rope, we try to tell them that the loving hands of God is right under you trust in him because greater, the greater the darkness I will tell you the greater the light when hell breaks loose heaven is just around the corner that's why we say where iniquity abounds grace much more abounds just like the first king of Israel Saul who rebelled against God when a Saul steps down God always provides a David to step in kingdom of God will survive. Even if we, the people of God, see tribulation when the Antichrist steps on the scene. Seems like all hell is breaking loose, but that's where the church shall shine. He'll call fire down from heaven and make it appear as though he can make uh, do great wonders and, and work great miracles. And if we're not careful, if you're not careful, you need to have your eyes on the Lord and in the Word because if you're not careful, you'll get caught up in following the wrong team. <laughs> All other trees instead of the fig tree. It says we shall be hated for His namesake. Why? Because we play on the side of Jesus Christ. There's going to be famines. It's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. Nation against na- nation. And it's happening now. Where death is all around us. But let me just tell you. In conclusion of this message today. The answer is this. The answer is this. That they overcame them by the blood of the Lamb. That's why Jesus says, I am the door. Any man trying to enter any any other way is a thief and a robber. Jesus shows us that if you're going to make it through the finish line, Don't worry about everything else that's going on. Just find that open place and go through the door, which is Jesus Christ. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I I really feel in my spirit that some of you have just been about ready to quit and give up and walk away. But I am preaching to you with all of my heart that today is a day that you can step over some things and God will give you the victory. If you do not have the baptism of God's Spirit in your life, today's your day if you'll just come up and seek for that Spirit and you will walk away with God's Spirit in your life. If your family's fallen apart, I believe today could be your day for restoration in your family. If your children have walked away, I believe if you step up today, God will assist you in convicting them so by their will they'll make their way back to God. I believe that. Today was your day. I talked a little bit about this in my conclusion remarks. When Satan thought he had the power to put Jesus in the grave. He really believed that he had won and that his defensive line was stronger than the offense. He thought he had everything planned out and there's no way that this Jesus could come back. Jesus was showing them that Satan, you draw the line at death, but he said you destroy this body in three days, I'll raise it up again. What you think is finished is not finished at all, it's only the beginning. Someone was saying to me the other day, Brother Hawks, they were disputing that, they said well what did Jesus say when he was on the cross and he said it is finished. Uh, He wasn't talking about himself. He was telling the devil. It's finished here, buddy. From what I have told you all the way back in Genesis, it shall bruise thy head and it shall bruise his heel. This is where it's all coming down. It's coming down to the wire. This is it. And that's when Jesus went into the grave, bounced back, stepped over the line of death, Stepped over the line of hell. Stepped over the line of the grave. And said, now, here we are. Look, I've given a definition and I've given a plan and I've given hope and I've given the people a plan of salvation that all can be saved. I'm telling you, you're not here in the blind. You're not here in the dark. Amen. God is saying, I've opened up a lane. And that lane is this, you just follow me. I'll get you through to the finish line. So I'll stand. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But today, these altars are going to be full, so I, I'm, I'm asking you, when you come down, please move as far and as close, or I should say, as far to the front as you possibly can. But if you believe pastors preach to you, whether you are a new guest or whether you've been around for two or three months or you're a seasoned saint, I want you to step out from where you are, signifying, I'm stepping over some things. And while you walk down this al- th- these aisles, down to where this altar's at, I want you to have it in your mind, I'm stepping over some things. I'm stepping over some things. I'm getting ready to walk in the likeness of Christ. I'm getting ready to find something I have never found before. I'm going to do whatever it takes that I might get this word